Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. Let's turn to our Bibles. We're going to start into our sermon series on weird. And as the subtitle says, because normal isn't working. And I think if every one of us in the room was honest, we could say that there is some aspect of our life, if not our whole life, is just out of control a little bit. And there's areas of it that are normal to society, but normal isn't working. And so... I want to read to you from Matthew 7, verse 13, and this is kind of one of the key verses for this series, and it says this, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for the privilege and honor it is just to come into your house and to worship you and to celebrate you. Lord, I already am thankful for what you've done in this service, what you did in the first service and the lives that have been impacted. Lord, I thank you for the lives you've already broken off of people's minds this morning. And so Holy Spirit, as we turn our attention to the word, I pray that you hide me behind the cross and let my words be your words. Speak to us today. Let us leave here challenged and changed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Here we're told that small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Here's the thing when we follow Jesus. It can be hard sometimes. And there's a part of that being challenging and hard that actually is a good thing. Because when it's challenging, when it's hard, that's when we actually draw closer to the Lord. I don't know about you, but my personal life, If life is going just peachy and it's awesome and like smell the roses, everything's wonderful, it is easy for me to forget how desperately I need Jesus Christ. But in those tough times, like a big oak tree, that's when roots go deep, I realize how desperately I need him. And so in those tough times, that's when he molds me, that's when he shapes me to be who he has called me to be. Because if life is going well, I don't know about you, but spiritually I can get a little bit lazy. I can get a little bit of like, life's good, I got this. I can think a little bit too much of who I am and what I can accomplish. And when life is going easy, the road feels a little bit broad. And so there's tough times in our lives. Sometimes I'm actually appreciated, like we talked about last week, considering it pure joy when we're in trials. Today, everybody wants to live a normal life. But we as believers, we have actually been called to live a little bit of a weird life. And not crazy weird, as we talked about last week, a God weird. We're supposed to look different to our neighbors. So when your neighbors come up to your house this Thursday night, you should look different. There should be a difference between your place and your neighbor's place. We have a house just a few houses down from us, and they decorate for everything. So it's not just for Halloween. They decorate for everything. But outside their house right now, if you drove down my street at night, their house looks creepy. They have this massive haunted house built onto their house. 
and I'm like a few houses down, so it's like my house is all bright and lit, smelling like popcorn, and you look down a little bit, and I'll be honest, I don't want to go. And so we have kids that, parents that come to mine, and they're like, yeah, my kids got scared, they don't want to go down there. And so there's parts of me where it's like, this is what sets us apart, and we're supposed to look weird. Why are you handing out popcorn when those, like everybody's handing out chocolate bars? Well, popcorn's better. (laughs) Sorry if you have chocolate bars. But no, like we're supposed to look different and we do things differently. So why do we do these things? I had people like, why do you put out all this coffee and stuff like that? And be like, my simple answer, I'm not, like I said, be weird, but not like weird, weird. I don't look at them and say, because I love you all. I just say, (laughs) right? Like how weird is that? Like, why do you have coffee out? Because I love you, right? Like now it's the weird, weird. The God weird is just simply, it's cold out. Oh, I just know that it's cold out, and I thought you might want a warm cup of hot chocolate. I do. Thank you. Right? Like, if I'm like, because I love you, they're, see ya. (laughs) Right? Like, they're not coming back. I'm now the haunted house. And so, this is what we've been asked to do, is just to be a little bit weird. Because how many people realize today, life is so different than it was even just you know, five years ago. Like, do you remember even five years ago, as C- Canadians especially, if you walked up to somebody, you're like, hey, how you doing? Our answer was always good. Like, you could be, your left arm could be off, and you'd be like, no, I'm good. Like, just a flesh wound. And you just keep going and walking and trusting the Lord. But all of a sudden, you're like, how do I do this? And like, today, do you notice it switch from I'm good to something else? How often when you ask somebody, hey, how are you doing? How's life? Do you hear this answer? Busy. How's life? Busy. How are you doing? Busy. This is what our answer is today. It's no longer that we're just good. Like you might say, hey, how are you doing? Good. How's life? Busy. Life is good, but man, it's busy. This is our go-to answer. And guess why? Because we're busy. We are over busy, and we need to begin to look at our life in a different way. We need to begin to live our lives different, and one of the things we need to begin, at, begin to do is we need to be weird with our time. We need to begin to be weird with our time. We're all busy, but we're busy on the wrong things. See, the Bible talks about this. Jesus, he was on a trip, and he walked into a city, and he came to a person's house, Mary and Martha's house. And as he came in, he uh, sat down, and as he sat down, he started teaching. And as he was teaching, Martha, uh, being a host, she went right to work. She started prepping things. She started getting things ready for the meal and all these different things. And as she was doing this, her lazy, no-good sister was sitting at the feet of Jesus, and she was just doing nothing. And Martha's in the kitchen, and she's getting things ready, and she's working her tail off, and she's getting mad. I think she worked so hard, she was getting hangry. And she supper just wasn't ready fast enough, and she was getting upset. And finally, she had enough. Anybody have a lazy, no good... I'm just joking, don't. (laughs) She had enough. She was done. So she comes storming out, and she's angry, and she knows... I'm telling Jesus. Anybody ever have a sibling rat you out to a parent? <laughs> right? Like, I've been ratted out to my mom before. 
but I could never imagine my brother ratting me out to Jesus. And so she comes storming out of the kitchen. Jesus, I'm working my tail off and look at my no good lazy sister Mary just sitting here doing nothing. Tell her to help. And Jesus takes a deep breath and Martha's like, yeah, give it to her. (laughs) And Jesus responds, Martha, Martha. Think of the Brady Bunch, right? Martha, Martha, Martha. The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. How many here, if you're honest, you're worried, possibly even upset about many things? Right? We can identify with Martha. But few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Mary has chosen what is better. In our busy world, We can either choose normal or we can choose better. You can choose normal life. You can choose actually normal Christianity or you can choose better. And we're going to talk a little bit just about choosing better. We need to choose time with God. And if we're truly honest, we stay busy sometimes because we don't actually fully trust God. See, you feel like you need to work hard to accomplish something because you don't believe God can help you do it, so you actually have to work harder. Do you realize when you spend time with God, he gives you wisdom and creativity. He gives you knowledge, so he helps you accomplish things. And see, we feel like we need to accomplish everything because we're not actually satisfied with everything that God has given us. How often... Have you heard yourself say, if we're going to be honest, have you heard yourself say, if I only had, I wish we could. Do you see what they, are we satisfied with what the Lord has given us? Because here's the thing, if you really stop and think about it for a minute, how much do you really have? How much do I really have? So many of us have too much. Do you know we live in a society today where there is so many storage units being built because we have so much stuff we can't store it in our own house? I got to pay somebody else to store it? I scare Melissa because my retirement plan is an RV or a tiny house. That's what I want. That's all I want. And she keeps asking me who I'm going to be with. It's it's true. But what are we happy with? What are you satisfied with? Because see, 2 Peter says this in uh, chapter 1, verse 3. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Everything we need through our knowledge of him. 
Here's the great thing with God. He will give you everything you need. He may not give you everything you want because he knows best. I've joked many times, if he would give me everything I want, yeah, I don't care how cold it was this morning, I would have drove here on a Harley. <laughs> I would have let the tunes crank too. <laughs> just ride here on the Harley and just been so great. But God probably knows better. He knows that I might just do something stupid like grow a massive beard, <laughs> a big goatee. No? Okay. See, he knows what's best for my marriage. <laughs> but he gives us everything we need through our knowledge of him. So to have knowledge of him, we need to spend time with him. So my question for you this morning is, do you spend time with him? By spending time with him, we gain knowledge. But here's what you have to realize. When you spend time with somebody... It's not just you talking. It's you giving them an opportunity to talk. That's how I get to know people. I'll ask a question, and then I'll be quiet as they talk. See, I believe that many of you in this room, I think actually, and I'm, maybe I'm totally wrong, but I'm going to say statistically, I think we're higher than a normal. I think many of you do your devotions. I think many of you wake up in the morning and read your Bible. I think many of you wake up and pray and spend some time with the Lord. But I'm not sure how many of you wait on the Lord to let him tell you, to let him talk to you. See, I think many of us, we have our Christian disciplines that have actually almost just become a checkbox of, hey, how's your devotional life? I read my Bible and I read my devotional book every day. That's great. But I also read, like, blogs, and I also read sports articles. They actually don't change my life. Do you spend time with God and ask him to speak to you and then sit quietly so he can explain what you've just read? He can explain to you what he wants you to do, so therefore he brings transformation to our lives. But we put so much energy into worldly things. Luke 9.25 says, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world and, let, and yet lose or forfeit their very self? That word forfeit actually stands out to me more in this service than the last. See, it's not even that you lose something. But when we don't designate our time, when we don't spend time with God, and we don't schedule ourselves properly, we forfeit. I don't know about you, but there's times where I've played games in sports where I don't even mind losing. I don't mind getting beat. But to forfeit a game, to lose something I didn't even have a chance to compete with because I didn't have the knowledge to do it, that angers me. I don't want to forfeit anything. So what good is it for you to gain everything and to lose or forfeit Forfeit your very self. See, we need to say no to good things. To say yes to the best things. See, I want you to hear my heart this morning. I'm not talking about saying no to sinful things. I believe you understand that. I'm saying that we need to say no to good things that actually distract us from the best thing, which is God. 
students in the room and even parents of students in the room, I need you to understand something. A 4.0 grade average will not get you into heaven. Study, work hard, but spend time with Jesus Christ. Parents, if you're asking your kids if they've done their homework, I pray that you've asked them if they spent time with God. Men in the room, that next promotion is not going to bring you happiness. That next promotion is not going to get you into heaven. Ladies in the room, that next promotion is not going to make you happy. That next promotion is not going to get you into heaven. What's going to get you into heaven for everybody in the room is knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and actually having a relationship with him. Because here's the scripture verse that gives me, it scares me in a healthy way. There's a healthy fear of the Lord. That Jesus himself said on that day, people who have cast out demons, who've healed the sick and raised the dead will say to me, Lord, Lord, and I will look at them and say, I never knew you. There's a check in me that I can have giftings and I can do these things, but if I don't know the gift giver, if I don't know Jesus Christ, all of it is dirt. Do we know him? Do we spend time with him? Begin to say no to good things, to say yes to the best things. What is God asking of you? What is he asking you to do that you know he's asked you to do, but you're too busy? You're too busy. Because here's the thing with our busyness and not spending time with Jesus in the right way. Our priorities are messed up. I actually believe we have enough time. Because in the book, Craig Rochelle, he talks about, he has a subtitle, it's called 25-8. Because so many of us just say, we just need more time. 24-7 is not enough. And he says, if we were given 25-8... 25 hours a day, and we actually have eight days a week, most of us would actually use it for the same busyness. We wouldn't use it for him. We wouldn't use it for our families. We wouldn't use it to spend with people. We would use it for our own busyness. So don't get me wrong. I love having fun. I love enjoying things. Like, I'll be honest, game four of the World Series was last night. I really haven't missed any games yet. I've watched them all because I love it. But I will tell you what I'm disciplining myself in. My alarm goes off every morning at 5 a.m. Melissa can tell you it drives her nuts. Goes off at 5 a.m. and I try to get out of bed between 5 and 6, no later, so I can get up and spend time with God when nobody else is up. And when I first realized the best time for me to spend with God is early in the morning because nobody else is up. And I'm honest with you because I used to think I'll do it late at night, but I'm just too mentally off. I'm tired. I'm exhausted, which most of us are. So in the morning, I realized it's better. And I thought to myself, there's no way I can get up at 5. Pastor, I'm working till 4. I'm trying. I'm trying, man. But I'm at 5. And if I'm truly transparent, it probably mostly averages to 6. God bless the snooze button. (laughs) But I get up, and here is why. I used to think I couldn't do it. And then I remembered. Every November, I usually play in a hockey tournament in Peterborough for our, our Bible college. And I have to get up, pardon the expression, but stupid early. 
to go do this. And I would wake up at like 2 a.m., maybe 3, to drive to Kitchener to carpool to Peterborough, to go play hockey. And I realized something. I can easily get up early for something I want to. And that hurt me. Because I realized I can get up early to go play golf. I've done it. But I just found it hard to get up to spend time with God because it wasn't a priority. Now I get up every day to spend with him. And at first it wasn't easy. You know what happens when you get up that early? You have to go to bed earlier. I know, it's shocking. And you want to know what I found out? I love coffee. But after 2 p.m., I have to drink decaf. I feel old. But it allows me to get to bed so I can get up early. We need to change our schedules, change the way we think, so we can spend time with God. And I think if every one of us in this room is honest with ourselves, on those days where we said we didn't have time to spend with him, it wasn't that you didn't have time, it wasn't a priority. Because even on those days where you say, I just didn't have time today, you probably took time to watch the news. You probably took time to maybe read the news. You took time to eat. You took time to maybe watch a favorite show. Maybe it was a sporting event. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was something else. But we all take time for what we want to do. And we just have to be honest and confess and ask the Lord for forgiveness that on those days, God, we just didn't want enough to spend with you. The other thing that we need to work towards and just to be different in our society with our busyness is we need to work towards family time. We need to work towards time spending with our kids, spending with our spouse, spending with friends. We need to spend, if you're single, it's with friends. Um, if you're married and you don't have kids yet, it's spending with your spouse. If it's, you have a, a whole family, you're spending with your family. And this is speaking to everybody. We need to spend time with those who we love. See, Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's good will is, or what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. Last year, our life was very full. We had lots of activities going on. Our kids were in a couple different things, and they just landed on different nights. And it was, it was good. The kids were in a lot of activities and had fun, but we clued into something. Life was very busy, very busy. And we decided this year that we're going to cut back, and we've pulled back on certain things, and we've, the kids are only allowed to do like one thing, and, and we're enjoying life. And we need to learn that just because today's activities, today's society is like get your kids involved as much as possible, get them plugged into different things, get them learning all these things because it'll be better for them. You know what I clued in? My kids didn't need more activities. They needed a dad. Your spouse doesn't need to see you self-improving all the time. They need to see you spend time with them. One of my convictions, just as a parent, is that if you have kids, I really believe 
that you shouldn't be improving in any of your hobbies. I think you should look after yourself. I think you should, I think parents should have date nights. I think spouses should be able to go and, and enjoy themselves by themselves and invest in your own self. But I also believe as parents, we need to make sure that we're spending time as a family. And I don't believe that while you have kids in your home, that you should be improving in a hobby. I play just enough hockey to let myself know I don't play enough hockey. That when I play, my legs hurt because they're just not in shape for hockey. And then the next time I get to play, guess what? My legs hurt because they're not in enough shape to play hockey. And so I believe that whatever your hobby is, if you have kids in your house, you shouldn't be improving. Enjoy them. But I believe that any hobby, you need to be doing it enough to improve. And I just believe my own conviction that I shouldn't be improving in any of my hobbies. Taking time with your kids is not running them to different places. It's actually spending time with them. Spending time with your spouse is not just driving around. Spending time with your spouse is sitting and doing things together. See, I used to think I spent a lot of time with my son. But really, I drove him to hockey practice and baseball practice, and I sat on the sidelines. And I'm like, oh, we were together for a couple hours. No, he was on the ice. We were at a ball game together. He played ball. We were together. No, he was on the ball field for like three hours. Here's something that we started doing at our house. And I want you to hear me right from the get-go. I am not perfect at this. This is where we were at. We try to put our technology away. I was so bad at this that Melissa bought a new keychain holder for our front door. And it holds our keys and it has a shelf. And that's from my phone. And so when I come in the door, I'm disciplining myself to put my keys there, and Melissa had to buy a shelf for me. And I started using the shelf, and then I would hear my phone go off, and so here's what I do now when I come in. Most of your phones will have this little button on it that has a moon on it. It means do not disturb. And so I'll flip my phone, hit that, and I'll put it up. And so when I get home from work, between the time I get home from work and by the time I put my kids to bed, if you feel like you've tried reaching me and you can't reach me, it's because, well, you can't reach me. And I really believe that you'll be okay. And in that time period, I try my best, and I'm not perfect at this. I'm being honest. Melissa's right there. That there's still times where my phone's in my pocket and I realize it and I try to put my phone away. And, and I try, we're trying to get good at this because with no technology around, no phones are away, TVs are off. Here's the other thing, just so you're aware. I'm making sure that my device is away, so if I ask my kids to put theirs away, they see the example. I'll be honest, I've sat with families, and their kids are not on devices. Their kids are sitting there, and I see parents on devices. And I'm like, your kids want to spend time with you. So we have to set the example. Our kids are not learning to be on their devices by themselves. They're actually learning from us. So family gatherings, even just if it's spouses, if, it's, if you're single, getting together with other people, putting your phones away and playing games. Play a board game. Play a card game. Do you know that fights can happen over Uno? <laughs> like I've heard of other games, but Uno. I just want you to know. My kids get their competitiveness 
not just from one parent, but two. Just want you to know that. So when you see my kids being super competitive and you automatically like, oh, that's Chad, just play Uno. We need to return to the importance of spending time as family, spending time as couples. Because see, today it's weird when you find out that somebody has a family night. It's weird when somebody says, no, I have a, I'm spending the night with my spouse. What are you doing? We're in place of board games. Melissa and I, we used to, when we went on dates, we'd always go for like dinner and a movie. And I started feeling convicted because... Because of my schedule at times, we don't spend a lot of time together. And then when we do, we go and sit for two and a half hours and say nothing. And I'm like, I think we should probably talk. And so she was being nice because she knows that I love movies. And so we'd go to a movie. I encourage you, try different things. So I think I told you a few weeks ago, I took her axe throwing. It was great. (laughs) I also learned not to mess with her. No, it was a lot of fun. We had a great time. Try something different. You want to know what happens when you try something different? You laugh. And I believe a lot of our homes just need a little more laughter. And we just need to enjoy each other. You know what will help you laugh? Learning to laugh at yourself. And laugh at your mistake and realize if you made a mistake and it was funny, no kidding, somebody else is laughing. I usually ask to make sure they're okay first. And if they're okay, then I laugh. And if they're not okay, I get help why I laugh. (laughs) Scripture tells us this as we try to change the way we live in our society. Ephesians 5, 15 says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil, and therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord will is make wise choices because we cannot miss out on every opportunity that's given to us if you have an opportunity to spend with your spouse i encourage you put the device away i encourage you go to the dollar store after service if you're against that go monday but here's what i want you to know you know the little baskets that we pass around for offering spent real big money at the dollar store but you can pick one of those up and set it on a shelf in your house, put it on a table, and you can label it technology. I know some people are like, what's going on? (laughs) And technology has to go in there. When? Whenever you like. I suggest a lot. And put it in. James 4 says this, Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go do this or that, Uh, We'll go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why do you even, why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Now, there's a balance to this. Plan for the future, I get that. But when we work so hard that we don't stop to take time with the loved ones around us, I want you to know, this says, none of us, we don't know what will happen tomorrow. 
if we're truly honest, we don't even know if we'll have supper tonight together. We don't know what will happen between now and then. And so we need to make sure, as much as you need to plan and you need to prepare, you need to make sure that you spend time with those who are around you. We need to appear weird and be thankful with what we have to understand that God has provided everything we need and in that we can love him. Because Craig Rochelle, he says this on page 41 of his book, he says, the answer isn't more time, but a greater awareness of the time we have. You don't need more time. You need more awareness of the time you have. I want to read to you an illustration from his book, and I want to read it right from the book because I don't want to miss it as I try to paraphrase it or anything. On page 46 of his book, the subtitle is literally called Losing Your Marbles. And it reads like this. I read about a dad who realized he was so busy that he was missing most of his kids' lives. He never planned to take them for granted or deliberately choose to miss out on the quality time with his kids, but he realized that his time with them would continue to melt faster than a popsicle in July unless he found a way to slow down and savor the present. So when his oldest daughter was a sophomore in high school, he did something that changed his family's life. The wise father purchased a bunch of marbles. Back at home, he carefully counted out 143 marbles and put them in a large jar. According to the dad's calculations, he had 143 Saturdays left before his oldest daughter graduated high school and left home. So the father put 143 marbles in a jar, and each Saturday he pulled one out. The visual reminded him of the importance of investing his time in the places that mattered. It was inevitable that he would lose his marbles, but at least this way he got to decide where they went. Many of us don't realize how much time is flying, how much time is going away, and I can't believe just how fast time flies. I can't believe, Melissa and I, we've been here over six years already. That's how fast time flies. Like, our kids have been here, like, our kids have now been here for majority of their life. And so it's one of these shockers of like, man, time really flies. And so we have to be aware in the importance of the uh, time that we have. The other thing that we need to do is we need to understand in a society today, we need to understand how to rest. You need to understand how to find rest. We don't do this well. We need to come to rest and rest peacefully with God. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and, I, and you will find rest for your souls. When was the last time you were completely at rest? When was the last time you were able to rest? Kind of turn your brain off, take a sit down, no distractions, actually completely no thoughts, and just rest. We find quiet today very awkward because we're used to so much busyness and noise. One of the things as Christians that we should actually be doing is meditating on God's word. When you spend time with him, you should meditate on his word. You should meditate on what the scripture is saying. See, here's the difficulty with us understanding that we should meditate on his word. Do you realize that when we talk about meditation, we automatically think of other religions that we disagree with and how they meditate? 
But what you have to realize is the devil, he's not creative, so he just perverts. So we have been called to meditate on God's word. And since the enemy knows that we're supposed to do that, he brings in all of these other things that are happening, all these other meditations that are happening, make us go, ooh, we shouldn't do that when actually we're called to. We're just called to meditate on God's word. And so I encourage you in your quiet time, actually meditate on his word. Sit quietly and just concentrate on God and let him speak to you. Because scripture tells us that we need to rest. Exodus 20, we're talking about the Ten Commandments. And it says this in verse 9. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter nor your male or female slave, uh, servant nor your animals or any foreign re- residing in your towns. In six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in it, and, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. We need to get back to honoring the Sabbath and having a day of rest. Who here has heard of Eric Liddell? A few people, Eric Liddell. What about the movie Chariots of Fire? A few more people. See, this is Eric Adele, and he was a Britain's Olympic star runner in 1924. And he was supposed to be setting new records in the 100-meter race. And then when he got to the Olympics, he found out that the race was on Sunday. And he refused to run. Countrymen called him a traitor. The Prince of Wales begged him to run. Can you imagine getting a phone call? It's the Prince of Wales. Wanting him to run. And he refused to run. A few days later, he ran in the 400. It wasn't on a Sunday. And he won gold, set a new world record, and the person who won silver was 15 meters behind him. This dude could run. But he would not run on Sunday. What if you, what if I made God the number one priority in our schedule? What if as you sat down to plan out your month of uh, November or maybe you planned a year out, what if you sat down and the first thing that went in your calendar every day was Jesus with an alarm to remind you to spend time? And then when somebody says, hey, can we get together at this time? You look and you go, sorry, I already have an appointment. We need to schedule him into our lives. What if we made Sunday worship in church, a non-negotiable, and stuck to it as hard as Eric did. See, if you decide right now in this moment, we're going to be in church next Sunday, you've made a decision, you've made a commitment. Too often, when it comes to church, we try to figure it out on Friday or Saturday. If you try to figure it out Sunday morning, I guarantee you, you ain't coming. Because you might wake up like I do on some Sunday mornings. How often can I hit this snooze button before I really have to be there? You guys are in the 11 o'clock service. Maybe you were planning on coming to the 9 today. (laughs) We don't know. 
But if you try to make the decision the day of, I'm willing to bet you're not coming. And it's not because you don't love Jesus. It's just because you're busy. Sometimes we need to make the decision now. Eric Liddell did not make the decision at the Olympics that he wasn't going to run on Sunday. He just stuck with his decision. We need to make tough decisions. Craig Rochelle says this on his page 60 of his book. If you want a normal life, do what normal people do. If you want to know God intimately, walk with him daily, and please him in every way, you're going to have to do what few do. So if you sit here and you say, Chad, I just want to go deeper with God, then you've got to change the way you're living your life. But it might look weird. Exactly. If you want something different, you have to do something different. So now the choice is yours today. You get to stay busy or do something weird. You can choose something better. Spend time with family, with your loved ones, and learn to rest. I encourage you to do the weird things. And spend more time with God, spend more time with your family, and learn to rest. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for today. I thank you for the willingness of people just to come into your house, to worship you, to celebrate who you are. Father, I thank you for the words that have been spoken this morning to encourage us to lift us up. Father, I pray that as we turn our hearts to you and we think about our scheduling and our time, that, Lord, you help us to put you first, to help schedule you, Father God. And, Lord, I pray that we choose better things, that, Lord, we spend time with our loved ones, and that, Lord, we understand the importance of rest and resting in you. And so let us be a light for you wherever we go. Let us appear a little bit weird so we're different than our neighbors. And, Lord, help us to love the ones that we come in contact with. In your name we pray. Amen. Man, God bless you. Go receive prayer and we'll see you tonight. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you and that you come back and check out next week's message as well.